What are the impacts of teaching interactions? This podcast is created to support all interaction teachers by clarifying inquiries, boosting morale, and connecting an academically informed community. In each episode, you'll find testimonials and brief interviews with teachers, writers, and other leaders in public school education. Are you ready to interact? Hello, interactors. In this episode, you will hear from a writer of the Interactions curriculum and high school science teacher, Kristen Mayer. Before this interview begins, I want to share with you one of her encouraging reminders she said during a Zoom meeting with science teachers five years ago. Here it is. Science is just part of like what humans do. Like my brother just had a little daughter and it's so much fun to watch her like notice things and start to try to like mimic what we're doing and like, like just like putting patterns together and trying to solve puzzles. Like to me, that's so much a part of like what's awesome about being a human. (laughs) And and so it's just, it's just, it's just part of what we do. And I think unfortunately like that doesn't always get drawn out in classrooms as much. And it becomes like, Oh, there's special people who do science, Mm -hmm. but it's not for, the rest of us, but really like we all do it all the time when we're like noticing that like five o'clock is a really bad time to leave the, (laughs) to try to drive home. If you live in LA, like that's a pattern that we notice and we can make decisions about how to behave based on that pattern that we notice. Like it's just, it's just part of being human and it's fun and interesting and exciting. In this interview, I asked Kristen if she still feels the same way about human beings five years later. Take a listen. What, what are your thoughts now about what you said? Um, I, I mean, I still think that's like a big conviction of mine that like doing the stuff of science, like noticing patterns and like trying to find cause and effect relationships, like that's, that's part of like the like, logical wiring in our brain. And now, I hope you find the rest of this interview encouraging, clarifying, and supportive. It is divided into eight short digestible parts that range in length from five minutes to 20 minutes. Here's part one. So Kristen, I just want to say that the impact you made on my career and my students is it is such it has been quite a journey after seeing you teach for the first time in our LAUSD training and then seeing you teach um, other teachers and watching your YouTube videos when you're giving instruction and it really helped me develop a patience and self-discipline not to give answers away and to not um, allow students to fake their, their way through the class. It, it, it was more about st- um, standing firm for, for these students, taking a stand that they can have, they can build the capacity to have a voice as an everyday scientist. 
And so um, I really appreciate you doing that for me. And that's something I, I can't like not do anymore. Now it's like every day I, I'm going to take a stand, whether on Zoom or in person, that you have the, you have the capacity or I'm going to help you build the capacity to become an everyday scientist. And, and that, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, an impact that you've left since 2015. And so I really appreciate you, you doing that for me and my students. It's been so rewarding to see like how much this has grown in LA and how much like this, like, like, you know, those first few teachers who were like taking this on and now you're like building stuff in it. Like, like Adam, all your stuff with your like driving question board, like that's like what everyone's doing now. And like, um, like your passion for your students, Mike, is always amazing. And it just, it's been really, really awesome and exciting and rewarding and fulfilling to see like Mm -hmm. all this work take hold in LA and grow and yeah. Yes. Um, Adam, you want to say something? Yeah. If I can expand on that, I, I would say, you know, years ago when, when we started this interactions pilot, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I knew it had something to do with NGSS. It was an opportunity. I took it. We've been learning about NGSS for years, but I've said it before and, and I will continue to say it until I taught this interactions curriculum that, that you developed for us, not just for us, but for everybody. I had an idea intellectually, conceptually what NGSS was, but I could not have gone out and taught an NGSS curriculum until I had the opportunity to work with interactions. And I think the fact that your work has influenced my work and Mike's work and so many other teachers work must be so rewarding because you affect so many students. And it felt good to me to hear you say that you're using something that I helped <laughs> figure out. And I, I feel that now I feel so it feels so good to know that other people, so many other people might be indirectly benefiting from something that you helped develop. And, and I really appreciate the, the work that you put into this interactions curriculum and the, the uh, I mean, there's so much planning and it's so well developed and it not only is a good curriculum, but it helped me understand NGSS and now I'm helping other teachers understand NGSS and they're helping their students understand NGSS and it's it just it's great to see how many people are touched by this. It's exciting. In LA you know we just adopted all new textbooks so teachers they have this new curriculum and they're all designed around NGSS and I'm not, I think people are in different places. And mm -hmm. so if I'm, if I'm a teacher and I'm intimidated by this first real NGSS curriculum that I have to teach, what, I, what, what, what are one or two little pieces of advice? Where, where should I start? 
it's gonna feel like a big shift and it's kind of scary to let go of what you had been doing and that certainty and that comfort like and that's okay I really think the reward's gonna pay off like like be willing to kind of step into that uncertainty and that unknown and be okay with that like um gray area and be okay with saying I don't know that's a good question and if you say that a lot then the students won't know if like you're just saying that because you want them to think about it deeper <laughs> or if you really don't know <laughs> just like that's a good question that's a really good question what do you think about it <laughs> and, like um reflection right <laughs> yeah yeah and and it it um it's okay it will be okay even if it feels really scary and uncertain. Um, I have found, um, I know like a lot of people will say like, kind of like choose some things to focus on. Like, you know, like even I think with the interactions curriculum and the teacher guide, it's like huge. <laughs> if you print the whole thing off, like there's no way you can, read all of that and do all of it your first time through and like you'll you'll implement some pieces your first time through and then maybe your second time through you'll you'll build in some new things that you didn't the first time and it'll continue to improve and that's you know just like build in some pieces to start with and don't worry about trying to do everything perfect the first time around um I think the like really getting students to like share their thinking and follow up without judgment or evaluation, but like curiosity about like, mm -hmm. I want to understand more of what you're thinking. Like you were saying, Mike, of like being the detective kind of, of like, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you're thinking. Do you guys agree? Who disagrees with that? You know, who saw the crime scene from a different angle? Like, mm -hmm. um, it's, I think it can feel really scary because you're like, what if a kid says a misconception or what if a kid says something that I don't know how to respond to, mm -hmm. but like, like the the data will support the model that works in the end. And so it's okay if students say misconceptions because as they get more data, like the model that fits the data is what's been developed over the years and it's, it's what fits. And so mm -hmm. their misconceptions will be confronted by the data and like you don't need to correct them always. And it's, it's okay if some students disagree and they can have differing ideas. And as you gather more data, it'll support one idea or the other, or maybe kind of like a combination of the two. And so um, I think probably where, like I feel like you probably would get the most um, 
growth as like a first thing to try is really like leaning into those discussions and having students share their ideas and don't worry about judging or evaluating or correcting and trust the data and trust the science to work. Mm -hmm. So that's probably like one piece of advice I would give. I know like having students develop the model is another place where people start and feel like they get a lot of growth there of like really focusing on students developing the model and evaluating their model and, and um, adapting their model to fix the new evidence that like, that's a place where like a lot of people focus of like, this is where you should really start and you'll get a lot of success if you focus on the modeling piece. Mm -hmm. um, I also feel like the, the cross cutting concepts like are a really powerful piece too of like, um, being able to kind of like label and notice like, oh, we're really looking for patterns here. This is something like scientists do across all different disciplines. What patterns are we seeing? Or we want to try and find cause and effect relationships. It's something scientists do across all disciplines. Mm -hmm. Do we have a cause and effect relationship here? Um, like, those are, so I think those are like three different really powerful tools that I see in, in GSS. But like, don't worry about trying to do it all at once. Like maybe one of those fits for you better. So lean into that and really develop that and then build another piece in next, you know, and um, as you continue to grow and develop, you'll have more pieces that you can incorporate and grow and develop with. One of my favorite things to do from what I learned from our training is showing their model on the screen. That's like, I don't know why that's so groundbreaking for like in my perspective. I see you guys nodding your head, so you agree too. <laughs> but, but just to have them like, you know, put together their thoughts and then now it's part of the lesson. Yeah. That's like, I don't know, it just gives me chills because it's not saying they're right or wrong, but it's like, hey guys, look at this. Look at one of your look at one of your classmates almost it's almost like look at how how valuable this is mm -hmm. and and tell me tell me do you agree with this valuable thing you know that that one of you just made and you know you're being much more implicit but it's um like having students make these these uh, these models and then get evidence to like make it to refine it or revise it and then just do it again and then do it again and then just and then even like expand the phenomena to larger scales right we go from pie pans to explosions to hurricanes and then we bring it back to life the life science like the proteins i mean that's that is something that is so unique what i've seen in my teaching experience modeling was never like that iterative uh, process, that uh, exploration, that type of explanation. And um, like I, if, if I could jump in with Kristen's advice to teachers, it would be, you know, celebrate that. Like when you're a student who doesn't usually write well or is, is, is rarely praised for writing or reading something well, can, can put together this, this, I hate the word product, but they, they, they make this, this picture that 
expresses their thinking. And I don't know how often they were, they were um, celebrated for, for thinking yeah. about science in their classrooms from, from K to, to ninth grade or eighth grade. But, but now, now, it's, now it's the time. You know, now it's the time that now that we have this curriculum, we've got the standards, we've got this uncertainty where, you know, everyone's like, I don't know what's right or wrong. You know, I'm just gonna do what I'm used to doing because I'm comfortable or uh, I'm going to try it because now, you know, now, now there's that space to, to experiment. And, and now it's time for those, those students who have been like, you know, left behind or in, in the gaps, falling through the cracks to, to see that it's, it's their time now, you know, it, it, I'm sorry to be so like dramatic, but it's like the, the, this, like I, I've taught in LAUSD for, for um, this is my 11th year and I've always seen the top 10% of my class raise their hands. You know, they've got it on like, you know, like martial art mode. I mean, they can just do it so fast, right? Mm -hmm. like, like, like they can catch a grasshopper with their hand raising. <laughs> And then, and then the rest, the rest are just like heads down, you know, uh, fetal position, I don't know, grabbing their face and just like, you know, just trying to do something with themselves because the top 10% are getting all the rewards. They're getting all the praise, all the focus, all the, all the benefits, you know, they get their grades. And then I don't know what's going through these, their minds of, of the students who are watching the, that top 10%, but the, you know, like, I don't know what the possibilities are, how, how, what their scope is, but they're, they probably see if I was what their age is, wow, that kid gets to go to college, that kid gets, you know, respect from the teacher and from society. And I'm just like, you know, trash. I'm, I'm just something that is taking up space, um, I'm something with low value. I have nothing to contribute. So I'm going to drag my feet. And, and so um, that, that's kind of something that I, I just wanted to share with, with the teachers is that when, when Adam's asking the question, what, how can we transition into this? And then Kristen saying that the evidence in the, in the curriculum is going to support their, their thinking and clarify their thinking that I mean, that, that's what's waiting, you know, that's what's waiting for these kids is like, they, they get to be the, the special, everyone gets to feel valued and special and unique, not, not the top 10%. Thank you for listening to the Interactions podcast. In part two of this episode, Kristen will answer questions such as, what are the rewards of teaching interactions? And what should teachers do when phenomena doesn't work?